pray today. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today, and it's good that you are here. And as we come together, I know that the Lord has something to speak to us. And so, as uh, the children are going their way today, I want to welcome those of our those of you that are joining us online. Thank you for being with us. And if you're here in the the room, I'd ask you to just open your Bible to the book of Joshua, and we're going to go to chapter 24, and I'm going to share with you uh, words that are going to be familiar with you in this scripture, but I really want to speak a message today, uh, particularly for the men of God in the room, but for everybody, this is going to be a message that will also minister to you. I've titled this today, Choices. I want you to notice what Joshua says in chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. This is the man who, when God took Moses home, was selected to be the leader to lead the children of Israel into the land of promise. Moses got him there, but Joshua took him on in. And he says some words here in the very last book that bears his name. In verse 14, it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And then he said, If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, make a choice. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. So he's given him a choice. Can you see it? Choices. But then he says, but as for me and my house, I'm going to show you what choice we're making. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Now today I want to say this. The Lord was speaking to me yesterday. And the word he spoke is, is this, that there are no perfect fathers but one. And he's it. And I know that there are many dads that sometimes you get hit with this where you feel like maybe you've raised your family, you've raised your children, you can see the mistakes that were made. And that can haunt you. That can begin to work on you. But I want to just say this. No one is righteous. No, not one. Not one of you are a perfect father. And I want to say this as well. Not one of you had a perfect father. And the thing that the Lord spoke to me is that many men today hold unforgiveness against their dad because of something. Maybe because of his mannerism, maybe because of the way he disciplined or the way he was, or uh, maybe he didn't show you the love that you felt like you needed to have. And I want to remind you, he was imperfect. He was not a perfect father. And I noticed that in this passage of Scripture, Joshua just simply says what it is he's going to do. 
He said, I'm making a choice. And men, I want to just say this, that as a leader of our home, it does fall on us to be the priest of our home, to be the leader in spiritual things. And uh, in our society today, in our world today, there's a lot of gender confusion going on. You know what I'm talking about? And there is a need for men to be men. I didn't show it this year. I've showed this little clip at many years with John Wayne on the movie Hondo. And if you're familiar with that movie, you'll know there's a little boy there who's six years old, and he's fishing, and the sun is behind him, and it's casting a shadow, and John Wayne comes up to him. He's like, hey, you know, on the other side's where you need to be. If you can see the shadow, they can see the shadow. And he said, you need to be on the other side. And the little boy says, well, I don't know how to swim. And he says, how old are you? He says, I'm six. He takes his pole, throws it on the ground, grabs a kid by the back of the neck in his, in his trousers and throws him in the pond. Now, no mother would do that. But how many of you dads, you'd do that? I'd do that. I'd do it again. I'd do it to every kid that I had. And he learned how to swim, and he swam clear over to the other side. And here comes his mom. She's all scared. Well, what did he, how's he going to get back? He said, well, he's going to swim. He said, well, what if he starts to drown? She, he said, well, you go in. She said, well, I don't know how to swim. And then she starts running away. But we need men to be men. We don't need men to be women. We don't need women to be men. And so I'm just saying today that the stakes could not be any higher for the need for fathers. Let me ask you this. What difference does a dad make? in the life of a child. Do you know that prisoners in the federal penitentiary have given us a clue? As a part of a study, inmates were once made a special offer. They could obtain free Mother's Day and Father's Day cards to send to their parents on Mother's Day and the following month on Father's Day. And interestingly enough, the inmates repeatedly asked for and mailed cards to their mothers. But not one. Not one asked for a card for their dad. You know, there's an old myth that says the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. But I would say today, it is our fathers, not our mothers that are responsible for either starving or nurturing our self-worth and wholeness. Joshua's declaration to serve the Lord regardless of what was happening in the culture around him speaks volumes to me today. All of the men listening have a similar choice to make. Whether you choose to serve God or you choose to serve self, so many people today are choosing to serve self regardless of the effect that it has to their family, their self, or their nation. And in our current cultural climate, the choice to serve God can look countercultural. It can look like a fish that's in a school of fish 
going this direction, and that one fish just decides, I'm going to go this way. As for me and my house, we're going to swim this way. And as in Joshua's time, what we need is some men with a strong spiritual backbone who love themselves properly, love their families, and love the world in which they live, but they are inexplicably clear Y'all may not want to go where I'm going, but this is where we're going. And they got the backbone that's going to stay straight. We're going to go here. Even when we get across a few problems, even when we run across a few irritations, we're going to keep on moving. I want to put this in terms that may sound more familiar in our day and age. Your race may not want to go where you're going. Your class of people may not want to go where you're going. Are you following me? Your culture may not want to go where you're going. But here's what we've got to say. I'm going where God's leading, whether you're coming or not. That's what he said. As for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. Listen, he says, you have a choice to make. Are you going to follow the gods that your fathers followed in Egypt? Are you going to father, follow the gods of the land that is currently it, you're walking in and living in? Or are you going to follow the Lord? As for me and my house, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to follow God. Because the stakes could not be any higher than they are right now. There has never been a time when fathers have been more critical to the well-being of, like, everything. Everything than they are right now. We live in a time with a a fork in the road. We are literally, as men of God, faced with a fork in the road. What way are we going to go? Where we can face chaos, confusion, lack of clarity, and voices coming at us from all different directions, or we take the fork of peace. And church, let me tell you something. Jesus said it this way, wide is the road that leads to destruction. And there's a lot of folks on that one. He said, many there be that walk it. But narrow is the way to heaven, and few there be that find it. How many of you ever been called narrow-minded? Just thank them. Say thank you. That's, I take that as a compliment. Well, you're just so narrow-minded. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because that is, a, that is a good thing. You want to be on the narrow road. There's going to be very few. There's going to be very few that's swimming against the culture stream. You see, fathers and men are so critical. In fact, that in Isaiah, we are told that what happens when men make the wrong choices, when men don't make the right choices, children go into rebellion. Isaiah 3 talks about that. I encourage you to read that today. And the women will take on an illegitimate authority role. Do you know that because many men have abdicated their role, the mother has to take on that role? And that's not what God intended. That's not what God intended. And what happens is, is men become neutered and weak And we're seeing this happen today. Do you see what I'm saying today? We are seeing this happen today. Today we have too many men falling on the sword. 
so to speak. Too many men becoming uh, domesticated, meaning operating in a way that's outside our divinely ordained responsibility. And in contrast, I spoke to you last year about what, what we titled a kingdom man. A man of the kingdom of God who has decided, hey, I have made a decision to operate consistently under the government of God and under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And if it's not in here, I'm not doing it. And if it is in here, that's how I'm going to live. And God has an answer to every question we have within his word. So the decision to follow God, I'm going to just reiterate this. It's a choice. Everybody say choices. And you know what? We have it every day. We have it every day. You say, well, I, choose, I chose Jesus on June the 13th, 1978. Yeah, well, you're going to have to choose him again on June the 18th, 2023. We've got to choose him again. We've got to choose him again tomorrow. We've got to choose him again next week. We've got to choose him again next month. Because while the decision to follow God is a choice that one has to make, God does not make that decision for us. He will give you options. You say, what? God gives us options? Listen to this, this word from God. Behold, I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. He even helps us out in our choice. Choose life. Choose life. Do we have any issue in our current world that we can use that phrase? Choose life. Well, I've got a decision here. I, I have done something that I shouldn't have done, and now I'm with child. What should I do? I've got a word from God for you, from the word of God. There is life and death choice. Choose life. You say, well, now that's going to be a hard one. I'm not married. Choose life. Don't make a second bad choice because it doesn't fix it. Still, all of our choices are within certain sovereign boundaries that God set up for us. You know what I'm saying? These boundaries can be likened, uh, I'll put it this way, it's like a football field. The field has clearly marked boundaries on what's the sidelines and what's the uh, goal line. And they're marked boundaries. And you know what? When that ref is on the field, they're non-negotiable, folks. If your foot steps out of that boundary and you caught the ball and you're out of bounds, it doesn't count. Now, see, we could get all offended about that and go, no, wait. I, was, I worked really hard to keep my foot in, and I just barely hit it. You can argue with that man all day long, and how many you know, ultimately, you keep on arguing with that guy, what's going to happen to you? He's going to say, you're out. Get out of here. I'm going to find you now. You're done, you're, not, you're done playing. Are we okay? You see, we get it in sports. Guys, we get it, right? It's like, look, if, we, if you're going to play the game, you're going to play it within the rules of the game. And the field, uh, it's, it's non-negotiable, but within those boundaries, church, the players have choices. It, 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 it's your choice which plays you're going to run. 
And you know what? As a player, it's your choice whether or not you can do your job. And Joshua makes this declaration. We see Joshua saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Before this, he tells the Israelites, the people he's leading, they need to throw away the gods. They need to throw away all the things that they're carrying, that their ancestors worship beyond the river and in Egypt. And he says, you need to choose between the culture gods that you're living among. Are you going to live like the world that's around you? Are you going to live like the Amorites? Or are you going to live for God? And the context of this verse is that Joshua is concerned that the Israelites, though they have left Egypt, they still have a little Egypt left in them. And Joshua is saying, listen, you cannot hang on to both what remains uh, of Egypt and the blessings of serving God. You cannot be a Christian and a world liver. You can't live in the world Or be of the world. You've got to live in the world but not be of the world. That's what Jesus said. So they needed to make a choice whether they were going to assimilate into the culture of the Amorites. Or if they're going to follow God. Let me put it this way. Don't let the place you're living Define the decisions you make. That's the message Joshua is trying to convey to the Israelites. And as the Israelites are living in the midst of these Amorites at the time, they're feeling the pressure. Walk with me on this. They're feeling the pressure to conform to society. Anybody here ever feel pressure? Your your convictions get tested. You get pressure from the world to live like them, think like them, act like them, talk like them. If you you say anything that they're not saying, if you step out and you say, I don't agree with that, well, all of a sudden, you're not a lover, you're a hater. All of a sudden, you're intolerant. All of a sudden, you you need to be shut down. Your Facebook account needs to be squelched. You need to get kicked off of YouTube. Come on, church. And as these Israelites, they're living in the midst of these Amorites, and at the time they're feeling this pressure to conform. So we now are living in a time and a place that has multiple voices telling us what to do. Here's what we're hearing. We're hearing voices say how to live, how you need to operate, how you need to move, what you ought to say, how you ought to feel. And in these verses, Joshua is essentially saying, you know what? I have made a decision that my decisions will be defined not by the culture around me, but by the Christ inside of me, by the commitment to the will and the word of God that is before me. And Joshua is saying to the Israelites against, he's, he's, he's warning against spiritual compromise as they live among the Amorites. What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is today, it is vital. Everybody say vital. That the men of God and the fathers in this country rise up and speak God's truth 
first in their home, to their children, to their families, and then to the world, and they keep on speaking it with a straight backbone. Because we cannot be one way in church and be another way on our job. We cannot be one way in our church and be another way in our home. We cannot worship God and raise our hands in church and hit hate and hurt every other day of the week. You see, the Israelites, they're being warned against serving idols, which in that time in history were physical things that people bowed down to before, and they made sacrifices to. But church, we still have idols today. In our day and in our time, anything or anyone, including self, that can overrule God means that's an idol in your life. How many of you know for the rich young ruler, it was, his, it was his wealth. That was his idol. Now listen, this was a guy, he kept the commandments from his youth up. But Jesus said, there's just one thing you lack, but it's the one thing you couldn't let go of. He said, you just need to give everything you have. You sell it and give it to the poor. And then come follow me. And the man walked away. Sad. How many of you know what? He made a choice that day. His choice was, he said no to Jesus. God cannot be second. God will allow no competing deities. Go to the first of the Ten Commandments. Behold Israel, the Lord your God. He is one. You shall have no other gods before me. So I want to give you three hallmark, hallmarks, basically, of Joshua's decision very quickly. Joshua's declaration, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, is a personal decision. Say it's personal. It's got to be personal. It's got to start there. Because if this is not personal, you cannot, you cannot go off of what your dad believed, what your grandpa believed, or your great-grandma believed, great-grandpa believed. You've got to go off what you believe. It's got to be personal. It's got to start personal. It's got to be your own. It's got to be your decision. You see, in the same way that Joshua's decision was a personal decision, uh, men today need to know that the decision to follow God cannot be by anyone but them as a man, as a husband, and as a father. Because too many today, they're like jellyfish. How many of you have met these kind of men? They're like jellyfish. They, they, they say what they believe, but then when it comes time to act, they don't act that way. And God wants, the, God wants the actions. How many of you know that if you, if you uh, maybe you were going to get a new car, but it, it spit and sputtered and clunked, and you'd say, that's not new. Take that back. That acts like an old junkyard car. Well, the Bible says that we've been given new life in Christ. We need to act like we've got new life in Christ. Amen. I want to give you an example of what I'm saying. I'm saying that I follow Jesus Christ. As for me and my house, we're serving Jesus. If you're in my house and don't want to serve Jesus, we've got a problem because we're serving Jesus. So now you have a choice to make. 
How many know that there was a son in Luke 15 that said, hey, I want my money. I want what's due me. How many know he made a choice? The dad gave him what he had coming to him, and he lost it all. But how many know that the dad never stopped watching for him, never stopped looking for him, didn't hate him, was looking for him. And when he saw him, he went running to him. Do you know what I'm finding in our world today? Everyone else is saying who they follow. Everyone else is saying what they believe. Why can't we? Why should we be ambiguous as men of God about who we follow? People that have businesses that are dedicated to Buddha. Come on now, church. They got a Buddha sitting right there as you come in to eat at their place. Why is that right? If you have a southern fried chicken joint and you know Jesus is Lord and Savior, put your cross up there at the beginning of the place. Do you see what I'm saying? And so we make a stand. We mean, we, mean, we mean what we say. We say what we mean. And it's a personal decision. Secondly, Joshua's decision is a family decision. He broadens his decision by saying, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Everybody say, my family. You see, Joshua's taking responsibility for his family. And every man of God needs to listen to what Joshua is saying and emulate it. Not just himself, but this also involves my family. Why does he make a declaration and not ask for a vote? I think that's a very interesting thing. You know, here's the thing about leadership that some people don't realize. Leaders don't ask, they say. This is where we're going. Not, hey, would you like to go here? Do you know what, church, if I asked everybody what you would want to do on the way we would lead the church, I, I, we wouldn't get anything done. I love y'all, but listen, we, we, we all have our own different thoughts. You say, well, I don't really like that song. I really don't like that message. I really don't like that study. I really don't want to do that. I don't want. No. What does God say? And what does the one who is the leader say? Who is the leader in the family? Who is the God-ordained leader in the family? What is supposed to take the spiritual lead? He's supposed to be the, the, the head of the house as Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians says that's the man's job. Now, that doesn't mean you get to lord it over the people that God has given you. It just simply means that's your position. That's your position. Think of Jesus in this. Jesus is the head of the church, but he doesn't, like, lord it over us, right? He's there to lead us and show us. So Joshua, is he's declaring kind of a, a covering statement. He's like, as for me and my house. This is what we're going to do. So when a man of God accepts his responsibility under God, not, not even your wife gets to make the final decision. That's your job. You see, Adam, here, here's where our trouble started, is Adam got into trouble when he allowed Eve 
to overrule God's instructions in the Garden of Eden. She was deceived. He wasn't. Guess what Adam did? He made a choice. He chose sin. She was deceived in it. He chose it. So, Joshua's decision is not only a personal decision, it's also a family decision. Everybody say personal and family. The third thing, and this is where I'm going to close, is it was a culture-wide decision. When he addresses the culture, he just simply says, if it is disagreeable in your sight, verse 15. Do you know what he's saying? He's making a public declaration. If this is disagreeable in your sight, now he's out of personal, he's out of family, he's stepped out of the personal realm and the family realm, and now he's into the cultural realm. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, but as for you, you make your own decision. So bringing this back to our current culture, are you still with me? We need men to go public with their Christian faith like Joshua did. We're, we're, we're facing all kinds of, you know, for three years, we, we, were, we, we were supposed to be in a pandemic, right? And, but you know what? We're facing more than just a, we, we're, we're actually faced more than just a health pandemic, can I share with you what we were also facing? We, have, we face a lack of truth pandemic. I'm going to say it again. We face a lack of truth pandemic. We have racial pandemic. We have a police pandemic. We have a community pandemic. We also have a political pandemic, and we have clashes going on everywhere. You know, sometimes people say, man, Pastor, you just can't be political. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am being spiritual because that's where the beginning is that flows out into every itical that there is. I think it's worthy of noting that Joshua didn't put himself in the position, however, of disagreeing with people just to be disagreeable. What he did is he said, this is the way of God. And you've got a choice to make. So ultimately, it's not you against them. It's you saying what God says. And this is just simply a warning today. And I don't want you to miss this. There is a culture out there that does not want men of God to succeed. While our goal is to move forward, there will be resistance. And that is why we need God on our side. And I want to remind you, please go off with this. God is good. He is for you. Say that. He's for me. He is not against you. Satan is the one that's against you. How many times do we hear people go, well, God, why'd you do that? He didn't do that. Change it. Change it. Turn it around and say, this, this is God's way. This is the devil's way. This is the enemy trying to get you against God. So I want to put the caboose on the message today, and I'm going to let you go. I want to say this before I go there. God deals with us like a father. 
He relates to us, and here's how he does it. It's based on how we handle our relationship with him. Can I, can I share something with you folks that I think sometimes we forget? Let me remind you of this. How many people are going to be in heaven that do not choose to ask God to forgive them for their sins? How many people that God loves... Will he just say, oh, no, that's okay. I love you so much. Just come on in with all your sin. No. No one that is unrighteous will make heaven. And the only way you're made righteous is not because of something you've done. It's because of what he did on the cross for you that you accepted, you believed, you believed in your heart, you confessed that Jesus is Lord, you believed in your heart, first of all, that he was the Son of God and that he is who he says he is and what he did, he did for you. He died on the cross and he rose again and it was for you and you accepted that and he forgave you of your sin and now you are choosing his way. You were swimming this way and now you did the 180 and you're going this way. Let me use this football analogy in this closing. This football analogy will also explain our covenant with God. The game of football uses a ball as the benchmark for every ruling in the game. I talked to you about being out of bounds. Why? Because the ball's out. And if you're carrying the ball and your foot's out, it's crossed the bounds. So a field goal is based on whether the ball has gone through the uprights. An offsides ruling is based on where the players are in relation to the ball. Out of bounds is determined by where the player has taken the football. Everything revolves around where people are in relation to the football. That football is like our covenant or the agreement that we make with God. So it's how we are relating to God that determines where we are with Him. And the question is, are we relating to Him rightly like that ball in a football game? In other words, let me say it this way. Where are you in relation to the covenant and your relationship to God. You see, we live in a culture that have people that want to trick you and trip you. And the answer is in your choice. Do you choose to follow them or do you not? And you know what? It knows no age. It knows no age. If you choose to follow them, then the consequences will follow the choice. But if you follow God, do you know what? We ought to know about that.
Your family ought to know about that. Your friends ought to know about that. The culture you live in ought to know about that. And when God sees it, everybody say, when God sees it, you will see God move through it to make a difference not only in your life, but in the world. Because how many of you know when someone stands up for righteousness, it emboldens you? And that's what Joshua was doing. As for me and my house, listen, y'all got a choice to make. I've made my choice. I've made it personal, and I've made it for my family, and I'm making it cultural. And I just want you to understand today, you have a choice to make too. Choose him. Stand with me if you will today. Dads, listen to me. Be blessed today. Be strong. Be of a good courage. I want to say this to every man in the room. You are, you are the head. You're not the tail. That's what God said to you. You are above only. You're not beneath. You're not beneath anything the devil is doing or is up to today in the world. Take the hand of the person beside you, if you will. Let's pray. Father, right now I pray over this congregation, all of those watching, listening online, I pray today in the name of Jesus that your boldness and your courage will overcome, overshadow, watch over, be a covering, Lord, over us today with your boldness. Your word says that the righteous are bold as a lion. And I pray, Lord, that every man, every father in this room today, you would just reassure them of their faith in you. You would keep them on the track. Lord, if they're walking that narrow way, I pray that you would keep them on the path. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would cause them not to move to the right or to the left, but to walk after you with all of their heart, with the same zeal that was upon you, Lord, we pray. I pray you'd bless them as they go their way, Lord. Lift them up. Let their heart be lifted up. Let their countenance be lifted up. And, Father, we just thank you for this now in the name of Jesus. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all. Hope you got something out of that. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Happy Father's Day. You're dismissed.